0: Well, hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July seventh, two 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in chapter, in oh, the foreword, to the second edition on page XVI. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with prior to his journey and ends with the Akron physician. Today's readers are Tamara C., Beth W., Carmela G., and Marge O. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 6, 2020, uh, 2020, are... 14,926, that's 14926 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, and 14,927, that's 14927 for the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting time meeting. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tamara C. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning. It's Tamara C. in South Carolina, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over food taught through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you for your service, tamar I will now ask F.W. to read the OA-12 traditions.
1: Good morning. This is F.W.
0: from North Dakota.
1: Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. You go the 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group contents. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige diverge them from our primary purpose. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. OPA anonymous, should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. OPA anonymous, has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the O.A. name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And finally, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me do service that path.
0: Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are in the forward to the second edition on page XVI. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph which begins with prior to his journey and ends with the Akron physician. I will now ask Carmela G. To go ahead and read that for us. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Carmela G, a grateful compulsive over either recovered from New York. Prior to his journey to Akron, the broker had worked hard with many alcoholics on the theory that only an alcoholic could help an alcoholic. But he had succeeded only in keeping sober himself. The broker had gone to Akron on a business venture which had collapsed, leaving him greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. That alcoholic turned out to be the Akron Physician. Well, this is Bill W.'s journey and the introduction to Dr. Bob. The reality is the theory that only an alcoholic could help an alcoholic. It's not a theory. It's it's so real because we can relate to others when we hear the pain the hold the, the 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 slavery that we are enslaved to a substance and we hear another share that a person is doing the same thing with food that we were doing that's the whole that is why we can reach out to help another and We can put that hand out there. Just like Bill said to his wife, I failed. I didn't help anyone. But the reality is he helped
2: himself. We
0: are not failures. We cannot control the outcome of when we reach that hand out, what that person will do with that assistance we can only work with our higher power guiding us and share our experience, strength, and hope to another fellow in hopes that his or her heart will be open to allow the message to go in. And that is what Bill realized on this journey. And the gift was that Dr. Bob gave him 15 minutes. He answered, he was told, I'll speak to him for 15 minutes. And I find that amusing because when I first entered program and I called a woman who I wanted what she had and I asked her to sponsor me, she said, I can give you 15 minutes in the morning And if you pick up, I drop you. Well, I was so desperate, I was determined to work this program. I was open and willing, and I was willing to do anything that would get me into recovery. And the gift is that I never found it necessary to pick up. Again, and this month, July 22nd, I will be celebrating seven years of abstinence on a journey that has brought me such joy and peace that, yes, the abstinence and weight loss is a gift, but the gift of serenity, peace, and joy is the bigger piece of this program. And with that, I will pass, and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Carmela G., for getting us started and reading for us and sharing. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might might share their experience, too. So if you would like to share on the first paragraph on page XVI in the big book, Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial.
3: Lisa J R. Lisa, M.
0: Lisa J R P. and then wait, wait, nobody else. Just a minute. Lisa J R and someone whose last initial is M. Philomena. Philomena M and then Riva. Wait a minute, let me just write this down. Philomena M and then Riva P. Okay, go ahead. Next. Lisa, Lisa R. Was it Melissa R? Melissa C. Oh Melissa C. So who had an R? No, it was Nessa R. Oh Nessa R. Okay. And then I think Thank there was you. another voice trying to come through. Teresa P. Was it Dorita P? Teresa. Teresa Teresa, Teresa. Got it. Teresa P. Okay. Was there someone else trying to speak up yet? Okay. Does does someone else want to give me maybe one more name, one or two more names, or no? Denise B. Denise B. Okay. Well, thank you for your patience, everybody. Okay, I think we'll stop there. Lisa J. R., Philomena M, Reba P, Melissa C, Nessa R, Teresa P, and
4: Denise B. Go ahead, Lisa J. R. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for your service, moderator. Uh, This is Lisa J.R., gratefully recovered by God's grace in Baltimore. Um, I really love this paragraph because I have found myself in this situation that Bill was in many times early on in recovery um, when I was working with others. And I love to read that paragraph on page 15, that talks about this is a design for living that works in rough going because Bill stayed sober by working with other alcoholics. He It seemed an outward failure, but inward it was, a, it was a paradox of sorts that he stayed sober by working with others. And I have to remember that sponsorship is key to my recovery. I have to carry the message to other people. It isn't it isn't my responsibility whether they accept the truth in this book, whether they expect or uh, accept the plan for living that really works. Um, it's just my job to carry the message. And I love what our, um, one of our, our the starters of this meeting just says, you know, I have to hold the lantern over the text. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a big deal except that if I don't do it, I am doomed to fail, just as Bill was feeling that that doom, impending doom, that if he didn't get to an alcoholic while he was in Akron, he was circling the drain. And um, it's just a, a great reminder that, you know, no matter what the results are, we have to continue sponsoring. And with that, I'll pass.
2: Thank you, Lisa J.R., Philomena M. Hello, my name is Philomena M and I live in Couch, Fergus, Northern Ireland. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, almost at the point of saying recovered and that's amazing to me. I just um, so looking forward to that. I heard the definition of being recovered is I stopped fighting everything and everybody and I'm learning. Um, today I am five months abstinent one day at a time by the great cross, um, grace of God. Um, this is awesome, this is our beginnings and you know Bill and Bob are definitely heroes. Lois is also uh, a terrific hero and Bob's wife too, by them. and Bob, um, Dr Bob, a bit in his story that you know without his wife's support he probably wouldn't have lived and I think Bill would have said the same for sure uh, so this is this is the beginning and it's a great honor to uh sponsor and i really wanted to sponsor and i was terrified of sponsoring uh but i learned so much from my sponsees and seeing their courage and their bravery and their honesty when they split you know talking about it and um this whole program is amazing i'm so grateful to have you know even just five months but. I was preparing for a chair and I looked at photos of myself last year, 16 and a half stone, and I was huge, but I didn't realize it, but I I was happy. And why was I happy? Because I had one week's abstinence on that holiday with my family. And abstinence is such a gift, and I hope never again to take it for granted and to rest in my laurels. I need to keep growing day by day, and these meetings help me, and everybody on the line help me. So, with that, I'll pass, and thank you.
0: Thank you, Philomena M. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered,
5: Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. You know, this chapter is describing how the fellowship grew to include thousands and now millions of people around the world And this is such a great reminder that it started with one alcoholic helping another alcoholic, just two people um, and how miraculous that is. But, you know, what's the difference between the alcoholic or the compulsive overeater who helped me? This was not a binge buddy commiserating with me about all the things we binged on. This was a person who had been where I had been, thought the way I thought felt the way I felt and wasn't doing it anymore. It's like I got out of the hole. I got out of the pit and let me show you how. Um, That is the difference. One recovered compulsive overeater helping someone else recover and get out of the pit, um, the death, the living death. Um, The other thing that struck me is the paradox. You know, when I am having a rough time, my tendency with my selfishness is to do more self, think about myself, um, analyze what's going on more and more, which gets me deeper and deeper in the pit. And I love how this paradox in the program works so effectively because once I've done the step work of 10, um, 11, going to God, the solution is getting out of self, um, and how miraculous and how amazing I feel sometimes. Um, focusing on somebody else instead of on me. And the last thing that struck me is things didn't go well. Like He kept trying and trying and nobody he was working with was getting sober. And that's such a great reminder that I'm not in the outcomes business and the outcome is irrelevant. I keep doing what I need to do irregardless of outcome, especially when I'm not getting the outcomes I want. Just keep trudging along, and that for me is so hard when I don't get that reinforcement um, based on my actions, but great reminder to just, you know, trudge and trudge, plot along because I've heard it said on this line, you know, I can be 100% successful with everybody I work with because I stay abstinent regardless of what happens with
0: others, Um, and with that I pass. Thanks, Riva P. Melissa C.
6: Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, um, yeah, so in order to save myself, I have to carry the message. And it makes me think about um, the chapter, Working With Others. And, like, right in the beginning of that, it tells us that, Nothing will so much as ensure my immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. And, you know, I think about that immunization. And um, if I want to live free of the disease, then this is what I have to do. And, um, you know, if I want to keep what I have, then I have to be willing to give it away completely. And um, the incredible thing for us, you know, the good news is that, it really goes from being required to being desired, you know. And for me, I think it's like the exact opposite of how it was with the food, right. I once ate because I desired it, because I wanted to, and then it was because I needed to. And carrying the message has worked the opposite. Like it went from necessity. I did it initially because I was directed to do it not because I thought I was going to be good at it. Um, In fact, I was scared, right? I thought, I'm going to mess up. Um, And I didn't really want to do it, but I was told this is the deal. You know, you made a commitment, and that's the deal. And then it really switched that it actually became a delight. You know, it, it went from necessity to desire. And I have had experience where this has saved me. You know, um, and and for me, it's not always, like, through rough times that I'm at the greatest danger. Um, because I'm a compulsive overeater, I'm at danger during good times. <laughs> you know, good, good times for me is, is shaky ground. And, you know, so before I go to an event, which are historically dangerous situations for me, um, I meditate on finding somebody that I can be useful to. And um and if I go there really with that, um, as my commitment, you know, try that. I, I, I like challenge anybody, give that a shot and just see if God does not place in your very path people who need, you know, some, some message of hope and um and it has helped me. You know, I have found myself at functions sitting next to people um, and and all of a sudden, I'm having a 12-step um, dialogue, and then the food is quiet, and I don't, you know, I'm I'm not in danger anymore. Thanks. With that, I'll pass.
7: Thanks, Melissa C. Nessa R. Hi. Good morning. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, also in Toronto, Canada. And I also want to share on an alcoholic work with another alcoholic and why did it work for me uh, when nothing else had worked. And I agree that it has to do with the sympathy, the empathy, and the understanding that one alcoholic has for another. Um, and I would add um, two more things. One is instant credibility. Um, and the other one is there are no... Smoke screens or excuses anymore. Um, you know, when I met the person who would become my sponsor, she was a, a, a woman, she still is a woman in whom the problem had been solved. And yet, she didn't have a perfect life. She had challenges just like all of us do. And so, my excuses and smoke screens wouldn't work with her. You know, like to my doctor, I could say, or I could even think, not even say it. Yeah, sure, you tell me to go on a diet, to eat less, to exercise more. But, you know, what do you know? You don't have the need to compulsively overeat. Your life is perfect because you make lots of money. You take uh, a very fancy vacation every year, maybe even twice a year. You know, I haven't taken a vacation in years. You know, I barely make meet. What do you know about the stresses in my life? If you had my stresses, you did too. Um, and here was a woman who had similar stresses and some not similar stresses, but, uh, you know, challenges anyhow. Um, and so I I couldn't tell her that because she's, she would say to me, listen, I hear you. I'm the same way and I'm not eating and I'm not eating happily. So the excuses are gone and the credibility is instantaneous because, you know, not only she has been where I've been, she has come out the other side. So it tells me. That it is absolutely possible. It is absolutely possible. And what this chapter, this, uh, uh, sorry, paragraph also tells me is that, um, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, you know, um, my success as a sponsor is not dictated on the recovery of my sponsees. My sponsees' recovery is their responsibility. My recovery is my responsibility, you know, and a person can have. The best sponsor, whatever that means, and not recover, and they can have the worst sponsor and recover. Listen, Bill had no sponsor, right? Technically speaking, and he, and he recovered. There weren't a lot of sponsors in those days, you know. Uh, after 1939, they had the big book, um, and people recovered. So recovery is um, a responsibility, an individual responsibility, my responsibility as a sponsor is, number one, to stay recovered, two, pass on to others what I did to um, to get here. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Uh, Teresa P., you're next.
0: But before you go, I'm going to just tell you that after Teresa P., we have Denise B., and then I'll be taking more names. And if you got on late and you don't know it, we read the first paragraph on page X, V I that begins with prior to his journey. Thanks for waiting, Teresa P dead Hi, um, uh, good morning. This is Teresa P. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm glad that I get to be grateful. You know, I'm just like, oh, because I hated being a compulsive overeater. I was so ashamed and it's just so terrible. And today you Know it I realized what a gift it is, and I have to actually for that. And uh, I like it,
4: uh, it was good to hear the paragraph
0: and uh, and to remember that you know, hey, you know, Bill started and he had nobody except God,
8: <laughs> and you know, all he had to do was, oh, and his desperation, desperation is such a beautiful thing, it makes me do what. You know, I find it hard to do uh, because I have to. I have to trust. and just do it, and that is pick up the phone and you know make those uh, calls. And you're uh, going to put my name out as a sponsor,
0: and not you know judge by the results. And I want to judge
7: because I figure, well, no, I've got a message. You know, why aren't they lined up? You know, and then they start lining up, and I go, well, now there's too many of them. You know, I can't handle all this. And what I get to do
0: is just one more time, just, you know, stop and, you know, and pray and listen to the answer and do what in front of me. And uh, not only not like that, but then I got sick. I mean, why am I sick? You know, like, I have opportunity to give all this good stuff away. And I get to realize one more time, I will be done. That's how it is. And so, you know, I just get to still recover, still you know, be sober and um, and be available, you know, to take those calls and answer people back. And I've actually had to share that, you know, I can only do so much
8: because I literally am just getting sick, doing anything I get sicker. And I uh, just to recognize where I'm at and be honest and...
0: And just, you know, put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, I'm so grateful that, you know, for... I've been in program for uh, 25 years. I actually celebrated yesterday with my 25th uh, year because I came in in 76 And, you know, and what a blessing that is because I haven't had perfect abstinence, but, you know, I've had so much recovery, so much deliverance from the disease. You know, just being in program and just keep showing up and just doing what I can do and being available and but I've had the opportunity I've had the opportunity for sponsors since coming to a vision for you, and you know, and it's just there they are and you know and I am just responsible for carrying the message, and I'm so grateful for that I don't have to you know make anything up or make anybody do anything. Thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you,
9: Teresa P. Denise B. Hi. Thank you for your service, Denise B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Dublin, Ireland. Grateful to be on this meeting. Uh, Yeah, I love that paragraph. You know, it it really does remind me that um, I suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic, and that is my truth today to save myself each and every day, I need to carry this message. I don't get to take a break or decide that I'm too tired and uh, I'm not going to carry this message in order to keep myself safe and recovered. I need to do that. And, And I have to say, for me, it's been one of the greatest gifts in recovery. It's taught me how to show up for people, something I never learned to do when I was in active addiction. You know, I was great for making lots of commitments, but never following through on them, telling people that I'd ring them or I'd meet them and never doing it. And sponsoring has showed me the way in that to make a commitment to follow through with it. And regardless of the outcome, you know, the outcome is in God's hand. My only job is to show up, carry this message, to be there, to be present and to give uh, to the best of my ability. And I love how this paragraph we've just read is so connected to the start of Chapter 7, where it says, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. And the true definition of the word "insure" with an eye means that I'm protecting myself from something that may happen in the future. That's the definition of insurance. So I know that in order to protect myself each and every day, I have to carry this message, work with others, show up, follow through on my commitments, you know, not take a a day off from from being there for others, but then totally and utterly accept that the outcome of what happens for those people that I carry the message to is God's work and not mine. And that's one of the most amazing gifts out of recovery. So very, very grateful to be able to speak this morning and thank you all for listening. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Denise B. So um, I'm just going to remind you that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. And if you qualify and would like to share on the first paragraph on page XVI in the big book. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial.
8: Christina, Hi, this is Lynn F. Okay, hold on, hold on.
0: Don't hold on. I heard a Christina and was it S? Uh, Christina J. J. Okay, got Christina. All right. I already forgot all the other names I heard. <laughs> Barbara, Lynn F, Ann e. M, Rod, e. D. Put, okay, wait a second. Lynn F, Ann n m and Barbara E. M and Barbara E. Okay, I got room for a few more.
1: Jolene D. D.
0: Was it Jolene? Yes. D.
1: D like David.
0: Got it. Okay, anybody else? Roz G. Roz you, G, and maybe room for one more. Can you please tell what page and paragraph we're on? First paragraph on XVI in the forward to the second edition.
2: Thank you.
0: I, I'll i tell you, I have Christina J. Lynn F. on M. Barbara E, Jolene D, and Roz G, and there might be room for one more share. Who would be Diane B? Diane B. Okay, let's go with these names. And was it B as in boy, Diane? I think so. Christina J, go right ahead.
10: Good morning. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everyone on the line today. My name is Christina J from the state of Washington. And uh, one alcoholic to another, one compulsive overeater to another. Uh, We must do it in order to save ourselves. You know, for a long time I thought that sounded pretty selfish. What do you mean? I'm not doing it for somebody else. I'm not not doing it for you. You know, uh, you're not doing it for me. But in all reality, this is a subtle, subtle, huge gift of the program. I've read a lot of spiritual books, and most of them get down to this. Clean house (laughs) and be of service to others. And if you really want to reach God, you clean house. If you really want to reach that mystery and magic of the universe, that love, you be of service to others. It's a great gift. Um, What are we here for? To go around fulfilling our desire systems and buying new cars and houses on the hills and, and getting thin so we can prance around in nice, fancy outfits Hell no, not for me anymore. I did that for years in my disease, thinking that I needed validation to be seen and heard in my new thin body because no one could love me unless I was thin. You know, I would hide in closets and back bedrooms when my family was there and my husband's family was there and they were getting ready to go out and have good times at the baseball games or whatever, and I had gained a lot of weight, and I feigned being sick, and the truth was I was bloated, disgusted, shamed, and afraid and I didn't go but today I don't have to do that um today it doesn't matter really what I weigh I I really don't care about that anymore I'm in a pretty damn healthy body and my service to others is amazing I mean not amazing in this fact of ego but you know I can be depressed sad tired trying to make excuses not to do it I pick up the phone and make a call, I'm out of myself. That's the gift we get out of ourselves. That's a subtle gift of giving to others. We get out of our self-pity, self-centeredness, selfishness. Many times I get out of my deep fears most of the time. So even if you're new and you're just starting, what am I gonna to say to somebody else was always my question. Um, what if I'm bothering them? Pick up the phone, you'll be, you'll be wonderfully surprised to find out that people wanna hear from you. It helps them. You sit together and you talk about the program and where you're at in the steps and you share and you get out of yourself and it brightens the heart and the soul. Pretty soon you want to do this work all the time and sometimes we get overwhelmed and we think we're we're doing too much and sometimes we do do too much, but but we pull back, we find balance and we keep giving. That's the great, wonderful secret of sharing and it's a gift to our soul that there's no price for. So even if someone doesn't recover, like this guy went around and couldn't find anyone to help to recover, he, it doesn't say sponsor. He was just reaching out. That's the secret. Um, you just keep going and you do it for yourself, but you're really doing it for God, and God will bring you the person that that will, you know, that will help you on your journey, and you'll help them on theirs. It's a it's a magical thing. Not everybody that comes our way recovers. Not everybody that comes our way we help. But God will bring us the right ones. So thank you for letting me share. Love you guys, and I pass.
8: Thanks, Christina J. Lynn F. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Lynn F., recovered in Pennsylvania. And um, it's such a great uh, paragraph today, and I appreciate all the things that have been already shared And I'm just going to speak on the line. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. And I've said this many times, but my step 12 has nothing to do with anyone's step one. You know, my step work doesn't end at nine. It doesn't end at 10 or 11. And there's 12 steps that I must take. And um, so often I get spiritually lazy and carrying the message becomes um, a task. And when I get like that, I realize, you know, I'm working the steps backwards and ego is starting to rebuild and I must, again, carry the message. And for me, it means, you know, that I do have sponsees. It also means that I'm available for service in my um, face-to-face slash Zoom meetings, that I'm um, capable of, you know, making coffee, as alcoholics would call it. What does that look like in the face-to-face OA room? Am I signed up for service? Am I coming early and, and staying late? Am I carrying a message of recovery just by living these principles and all my affairs? Um, those are some of the things that I have to look at. I can't rely on a um a protege to to be my God, right? I have to carry the message regardless if someone's going to um take the message, take, pick up the spiritual toolkit that's being offered and asking me to be their, their guide on the side. Um, or I'm going to call the next person. Like, I don't know. Um, my phone is full of, of sponsees, protégés that started and didn't stop. I saved their numbers. So if they do decide to reach out, I'll have that contact. Um, and I'll have that, that little memory um, that will help. But um, today, I know that I have to carry the message of recovery for me. Um, if I'm not working, step 12, my ego's is rebuilding, and I'm in danger of slipping back. And it may just be a little chink today, and it may be a little bit of a rumble today. But then tomorrow, it could be a full-fledged um backward and i can't afford that i have a life worth living today i have a connection oh. with my higher power today and it's because of these steps in this program of recovery that's all i've got thanks for letting me share thank you lynn f on m
11: Hi, Rebecca. It's Anne M here from Ireland. Thank you so much for your service and thank you, everyone, for being on the line. Um, yeah, and this is so, you know, it's just really, I suppose, the essence of recovery for me is carrying the message. Um, and the gift, you know, only an alcoholic can help another alcoholic. And and yeah, it is a real privilege and it is a gift. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that part in the big book where it says, you know, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices you know my family can't help me my all my siblings can't help me it, it you know it, the only person who can help me is another um recovered compulsive overeater and uh yeah what a gift and what a privilege and again you know it's finding balance in that and being present for my sponsee and, you know, showing up and, uh, yeah, giving with a good heart. Um that's the, the altruism in it, you know, and it is a real gift. And I get so much from sponsoring and I don't have to, you know, come up with any wild and, and bright ideas that nobody else comes up with. It's all in the big book and I don't need to look any further to, you know, just to feed my ego. Um yeah, I just love the part as well, you know, um, he suddenly realized that in order to secure himself, he must he must carry his message to another alcoholic. And this reminds me of more about alcoholism where suddenly came in very scarily with Jim and the, the milk and the whiskey. And uh, yeah, it it's just a little reminder of you know how this disease is life or death for me and how detrimental it is to go anywhere out of you know recovery land and uh, fall back into relapse or you know pick up and, and and again it just ensures that you know it ensures my recovery and gives me another day of, of abstinence and and serenity and it's so worth it Um just before that where it says you know greatly in fear he may start drinking again and it's just a warning. Um, you know, and he's time, he's time. He hasn't he hasn't done anything, it's time and it just insures again, more insurance against picking up the first one. Um yeah, and what a privilege that is, you know, because I can sometimes I, I, I don't like to think I would ever but you know, it can happen just to get really complacent and uh and again it's our step twelve. It's it's part of what we what we need to do and part of what we um you know we need to complete and start all over again, and 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 the outcome again is in God's hands. I it's it's not in my hands. So, with that, I'll pass. And thanks again, Rebecca, for your service. Thanks, and um,
0: Barbara E. Oh, good morning. I wasn't going to share, but the previous shares, all of them, have been so eloquent, so heartfelt, that I felt. I had to just jump in and say, me too. When I came into the program 23 years ago, it was all about me. All I wanted to do was lose weight. I didn't care about you. I didn't care about anything but what I wanted. And my, my first sponsor said, Barbara, this is not a me program. It's a we program. Why do you want to do it? And why do you do wanna do it now? And I said, I was desperate. I tried every single thing and all those other programs worked, but not for me. I needed something more that would get me to a place where I could say, yes, I am not miserable all the time. Yes, I'm not always feeling depression. Yes, I'm not sleeping a lot and going into isolation and fearful a lot. So she said, if you want to get rid of these, you must do the program. And I've been to St. Louis and I've been to the St. Louis Arch. And I know the foundation of my arch is that that willingness to be willing to be a sponsor, scary though it may be. because I was afraid that I would fail. And my sponsor said to me, just be willing to do it. You have nothing to lose but fear itself. And if you have trouble and they're not ready to recover, at least you will have recovered, Barbara. And that's what it's all about. And then going up the St. Louis Arch, you get, when you finally get up to that top, you know the, found, the cornerstone is every single step, Barbara. You must do every step because if, if even one of those steps is out of place, the arch will fall and tumble and you will pick up again. So I struggled and struggled with the willingness to, to believe in a God that I had no knowledge of. And she said, don't worry about it. Just trust that you're not God. Do all the steps and it will come. And when I got to step 12 and fearfully, I jumped in and said, I'm willing to sponsor. I found a new joy and happiness through the eyes of other recovered people. And if they didn't recover, it wasn't my fault. I am just carrying the lantern, giving them my experience, strength, and hope, letting them know where the sand, uh, the uh, quicksand is, telling them what I know, what I think, and just waiting for the glow in their eyes when they say, I feel it. I feel the joy and the path that's what the purpose of this book is is all about to show others exactly how we have recovered and to explain clearly using precise language the Our steps that we time. Oh that's okay. The steps we had to take it works. Keep doing it. Thank you so much. I pass.
4: Thank you, Barbara E. Jolene D.
12: Good morning, everyone. This is Jolene D. Recovered in upstate New York. And the first thing I thought of when we were reading this this morning and then listening to others was um, the quote, if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way. Otherwise, you'll find an excuse. And that always seems to come back and hit me in the head like a two by four when I'm in the process of something that's this massive. And to me, this was, this recovery, this process, to me was massive until I started going through it and I realized it wasn't as big as I thought it would be because typically when we're standing back and we know we have to go forward and there's 12 steps and there's phone calls and there's a book and there's understanding and there's hearing others, it can seem so massive when it's just it's a path we've chosen and a path that we walk on. And when I'm working with others I often hear those excuses and maybe they don't realize their excuses and you know they'll say something like, Well some days I'm better than others and those are things that I have to hold the lantern over. So they can hear what they've said and and process what they've said and, and understand that this is their process. And, you know, I'm glad that I understand that. But interestingly, it took me years to understand what that meant. So when I was being carried through and someone was holding the lantern for me, I knew when we started that this was my work. And I never put the responsibility on that other person. But it took years of other things and other um, processes or situations to happen for me to get to that understanding. So, I'm grateful that I had it. And sometimes people in program, it'll take them a while for them to understand that they they do think that the other person, their sponsor, is somehow responsible for. Um, guiding them in a way that they feel they should be guided. And it's okay. It's okay if, if they understand that at first and they have a different understanding because when you come into the program, it does work differently for everybody. We understand and learn differently at a different pace. Sometimes we get it right away. Sometimes we don't. I'm, I'm recovered in AA. Do you know how many times it took me to get it to, to understand that this process was going to take me somewhere different. I really was waiting for the magic spell or some something to, to click in a way without me doing the work. That's what it comes down to as I ramble. I was waiting for someone else to make, you know, they were responsible for it. And I just would listen and be like, oh, that's a good story. That will help me a great deal. And it's me who's responsible. And that's a really, for me, a really grown-up thought that I'm grateful I ended up with. you know, five, seven years ago when it happened with other things. And I took that forward with me in my life in so many different circumstances and things that were unfolding. And that's the truth of this program. It's not just about the abstinence and the food. Thank you so much. It's about taking that in other areas of your life and sharing it with others. And thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Jolene D. Well, I I had a little time management problem. Roz G, if you were willing to maybe cut it a little short, we might have time for Diane B. Otherwise, take your full three minutes, and Diane will have to catch you next time. Roz G, go right ahead. Okay, I'll try my best. Um, this is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader, And I'm from Palmdale, but today I'm in um, Brown County, Indiana. So I'm visiting my dad, and I'm on your time today. And um, I would just like to say that this is apropos to me today because I am out of town and um, I still kept and I'm keeping the appointments that I have with the sponsor that I'm working with now because um, taking vacations or visiting, you know, relatives uh, for me were always an excuse to say, well, you know i'm out of town and it would be rude for me to not eat what has been offered to me you know although today my relatives know that i'm in oa you know so they they know they they, they there's no, nothing's been offered to me that um i really i wouldn't eat particularly but um it's it it what what's keeping me um focused while i'm out of town is the fact that i have that i have somebody to work with And so um, we, you know, did our step work yesterday and I still, and I have, I'm still doing my morning review, my, I mean, my morning, whatever you call that thing, the morning time, morning meditation, the nightly review, um, remembering to pause throughout the day. But, you know, because of the step work, I'm in, I'm in such spiritual condition. I'm staying here that the food is not, not speaking to me. What's speaking to me is, you know, spending time with my father. He's, you know, the first alcoholic in my life. Um, and my stepmother, who I had a lot of resentments towards throughout, you know, 30 years of their marriage, which I don't have today. Focusing on the beauty where I'm at. The, the beauty where I'm staying. And um, the relationships and talking. And yes, there's wonderful food, but I know what my limits are. And I'm asking God to help me live up to them. And it's it's a wonderful thing, and it works. It really does. So I hope that leaves some time for the other sharer. Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you, Roz G. And uh, you did keep it short, and I was really off because there really isn't time for you, Diane. You wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to do you justice. So um, hopefully you can share in the next hour or another day. And um, that was on me. I wasn't paying attention to my timer on a couple of occasions. Um, So anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The SHARE ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, July seventh. 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 14932-14932. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Marge O. Please Read, A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive
3: Only, to the end of the page. Good morning. Marge O., Recovered Compulsive Overreader in Walpole, Massachusetts, and thank you for this opportunity. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.